It's time! Introducing the podcaster, standing five feet nine inches tall, fighting out of the basement of his house. Welcome to the Mouth Podcast, the greatest sports podcast ever, presenting Timmy G! What up, everybody? Welcome. I just want to give a quick breakdown of the Bears' first game. Um, you know, first and foremost, thought the game went just like I thought it would. Uh, the Rams are a very good team. I think the Rams have an opportunity to, you know, be a Super Bowl contender. I really do. I think uh, Sean McVay is uh, what we hope Matt Nagy would be. Is He's a... Uh, an offensive guru. He really is. Um, and now they have tremendous amount of weapons. You saw it with Cooper Cup, Tyler Higby, uh, an insane catch by Robert Woods. So you, you've seen that. But I'll, I'm going to break this down. Eight minutes or less, game one, the Bears. Here's the deal. Michael Buffer, I love the intro. Shout out to the intro for my podcast, who he, which he did. And then he did a nice intro for the game. I thought that was pretty cool. Uh, opening kickoff. That was a play that I'm like, oh, no, why is he taking it from so deep? And then, oh, yes. So um, that was cool. I, I was wrong. I thought Fields would play in the first, uh, you know, in the second half. He actually played on the third play. Uh, Nagy's implementing him in there. I do like that. Um, everyone wants to talk about the first drive because we had uh, a lot of things go on, right? One thing is that caught my eye was the Cole Komet false start in the red zone. Okay, that can't happen. That's undisciplined football. In addition, we called an early timeout. Matt Nagy, your face is in the playbook the whole time. You shouldn't have to call a timeout on your first offensive drive. Those plays are usually scripted, and if they're not scripted, you should know what you want to call. You're calling play. You know, you're. I don't know if you're trying to do too much complex stuff or what Nagy was trying to do, but an early timeout and um, a false start. Undisciplined football. You can't win like that. Uh, then Andy Dalton forces a play and gets a pick. I mean, yeah, some people will say it's a nice play. Regardless, it's a turnover. You do not, you cannot turn the ball over in the red zone. And um, then obviously the first drive by the Rams. Everybody's seen this. This has been on ESPN's Come On Man Monday night. It'll be on there. But Eddie Jackson not tackling. Um, him and Gibson just not even touching uh, the wide receiver for the Rams. He ran in for a tutty. Um and then, I, I mean, honestly, Matt Aggie was just like, he did not trust his defense, it seemed, or he doesn't know what the hell's going on with defense. He went for it every single time on fourth down, it seemed. The one time he didn't, he punted, which I thought was weird, uh, just because of the time of the game. But fourth and four, it's it's 7.32 in the game, right? 7.32 left in the first quarter, and he goes for it. Um, Dalton threw an incompletion. Um, but I will tell you this. The one thing is I saw in the beginning of the game, Akeem Hicks is a man beast. That dude is dominating. You saw him out there. Um, and I wanted to touch base on this. Uh, Ramsey, right? Jalen Ramsey, you saw him all over the place. Then two days ago, uh, Marquez Gibson, or Goodwin, Marquez Goodwin from the Bears. He's a wide receiver. Uh, he's known for his speed, right? They talked about him being the long jump in the Olympics a couple years back. He's a very speedy guy. He came out of Texas. 
literally one of the falls to that guy was he runs like three routes. He did run a lot better routes uh, actually in the first game. I actually thought he did well, but he came out yesterday and it's like, you know, we, we set up Jalen Ramsey for success because we only, you know, we didn't run any plays over 10 yards. It's like, dude, your offensive line does not give any time. Okay. And that brings me to the next point. I, I think it was fine. Matt Nagy actually called a better play than I anticipated because he knew his weaknesses. Listen, you're going against a strong defensive line with the Rams. Their defense is good, okay? Um, and they were getting pressure. Plus, at the end of the game, we were on our third um, left tackle. No one in the league is on their third left tackle. And if they are, they their quarterback needs health insurance uh, times 100 because you're going to get dominated and killed. Uh, left tackle is a reason why it's one of the heavily paid uh, positions in the NFL because you protect – your quarterback's blindside. Um, and Jason Peters going out with the quad injury. Then the next kid uh, that came in, he hurt his ankle. And then we're on, you know, our third string guy that's just happy to be there. Um, and unfortunately, you know, we have to call like really short routes and very quick. And I thought Andy Dalton did a hell of a job getting the ball out of his hands. Um, what else did you expect him to do? Everyone wants to play Justin Fields. And I'm going to talk about that. First of all, um, Justin Fields can't, I, I do not want to play. He doesn't know all the protections. He doesn't know how to read every single blitz. And, and the reason why I would say he doesn't is because he showed that in the preseason when he got his helmet taken off. You need to be able to protect yourself and also the people you're throwing the ball to. Is Justin Fields a heck of a lot better uh, quarterback than Andy Dalton? Yes. But do I do believe with experience and where the Bears are going right now, is it worth risking a guy that's not going to have any time to sit in the pocket at all and throw the ball? No, I say we 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 see what goes on with the offensive line. Now, if we get, uh, you know, Peters back and he's able to play at a, a, a pretty good clip and the offensive line is starting to click together and they're protecting Andy Dalton, then yes, you make that switch. But right now you, you keep Justin Fields in the in the package. You have him to protect him. I don't want the guy getting smashed and just banged up. And then every single time he's in there, you know, he's got the yips because he's so used to, you know, getting hit and people are like, Oh, well, Tim, how do you know he'd get the, the yips? He's different. Listen, it's historic. Go back and look, there's quarterback after quarterback that came out of the, came out and been just hit in the mouth and then just never recovered. Okay. Um, I mean, it's just what it is. I mean, Peyton Manning, is one of obviously he's one of the greatest quarterbacks ever to play, but he got smashed his first year and he was, he's one of the lucky ones. He got out of there. He always was in the thing and he was always in the, uh, in the video room watching film all the time. And I mean, I guess that was a terrible example for what I was trying to prove, but regardless, I, I, I think it's fine not playing fields at a full clip until the offensive line gets their shit together, to be honest with you. Um, couple things I thought was funny during the broadcast. They show a different woman that's not Matthew Stafford's wife. They're like, hey, here's Matthew Stafford's wife. And then in addition, Elton John. Come on, Elton John. Life is, you know, life is gay, giving you a lot of money, bro. You're doing Uber Eats commercials? I mean, I just thought that was super weird, that commercial. Uh, you know, another thing I thought was weird is um, Tom Brady saying eat Subway. Like, Tom Brady, no offense, Subway just had a bad clip, buddy. I know they're paying you at a high volume, and those checks are not bouncing. But you ain't eating Subway ever, bro. You you got a stronger arm than 90% of the quarterbacks, and you're like 50 years old. Like, bro, there ain't no way you're eating fake bread, fake meat. Subway's having a tough year, bro. I don't know why Tom Brady's lying, but checks are good. Keep them coming, right? 
Um, another thing about the game is I, uh, I thought that we were just super undisciplined. I mean, multiple reasons, like I said, the false start, um, the, the terrible, the terrible play, uh, with Eddie Jackson. Um, not only that, then we have, um, Ogletree with a, with a horrible personal foul on third down could have got them off the field. Um, and you know, just, just just seemed like we were getting bullied out there. If you were watching the game, it just seemed like the Rams were coming with swagger and we were just getting bullied. It was like your bigger brother just, you know, smacking you around. You just, instead of sticking up for yourself, you're just getting pushed around. Like Hakeem Nix was the only one that I seen out there just like throwing people around. And then another thing brings me to the point. Um, I know a lot of people were, were uh, crying about uh, Mac not being able to, uh, you know, show up on that, you know, he had one tackle, but listen, they game planned around him. Same concept we game planned around uh, Aaron Donald, even though our offensive line is not as good. Listen, they game plan. Sean McVay knows, and he said that, and it was talked about throughout the whole broadcast. They know Mac is a bad dude, and they just stay away from him. And that's what they consistently did. Um, but, you know, at, at the end of the day, you know, we lost to a better team. The problem that I have, uh, looking at this is that, you know, one of the reasons why we couldn't do a lot of things was salary cap issues. You know, the Rams have the same salary cap issues we have. They have a hell of a lot better team than we do. They went out and traded Matthew Stafford for him. They traded for Jalen Ramsey. Uh, you know, they were able to sign Leonard Floyd. I know he had a shitty game against us, but that guy's had a great year. They use him correctly. Um, and, you know, it was just like, you could see the talent wasn't even on the same. I mean, it's just not. And I know they drafted a heck of a lot better than us, but Ryan Pace, man, you've been here seven years. Things that are things that are important in the NFL, and you could you could check this out in any team. Offensive line, huge, right? It's very important. Offensive line sucks. Now, if you even go back and look, ladies and gentlemen, historically, the team that wins the Super Bowl normally has a better defense. If you watched last year's Super Bowl, defense pretty important. Might want to ask Patrick Mahomes, right? Our defense sucks. We have a third quarterback I never even heard of. I actually got to research that guy. Now, listen, these guys are in the NFL, so obviously they're good players. I'm not saying that by any means, but I'm just saying in comparison. And the one thing that bothers me so much, and I want everyone to keep an eye on, Matt Nagy has his head in this damn play thing, playbook, or play calling sheet, and he gets so much good press for year one. Vic Fangio ran special teams and the defense. Matt Nagy was just playing play calls, and their, our offense played a couple trick plays, but our offense wasn't putting the world on fire. Oh, well, Tim, you know we had a pretty good. Why don't you go look at this Super Why did we lose? Why did we lose in the uh, playoff game against Philly? We couldn't score. Our offense sucked. Our offense had some good games against really shitty players. And we had great field position. So I'm sick of the first year that Nagy was here. Nagy's been a subpar coach. Honestly, he really has. Thankfully, you know, our defense was good for the first two years of his coaching. Last year, we got great component uh, opponents to play um, the last, like, six games because they all sucked. And we were able to get some wins and make the playoffs. And then, got, got, then we lost. Um, and listen... The worst part about being mediocre that our team is, or last year was, you don't get a good draft pick, okay? And 
you're, you're in the middle of the row. Now, don't get me wrong. They went up and they traded for Justin Fields, which is a heck of a, I mean, phenomenal, great job. I mean, um, it just bums me out uh, that, you know, looking at the, we use the salary cap as a, uh, as a clutch, but then, you know, you got the Rams. Um, but listen, I didn't expect the Bears to beat the Rams. I do expect the Bears to win this week. Uh, they're playing Cincinnati. One thing is that I'm very excited about is that our defensive line should be able to create some havoc uh, on Joe Burrow and um, be able to get a lot of pressure. And you're going to have to because one thing is uh, you saw last week, but the Bengals had three good wide receivers. Okay, they got uh, Higgins. They got the kid that couldn't catch in the preseason. Then all of a sudden, he's uh, putting the world on fire. The rookie, um, I'm forgetting the gentleman's name now, Chase, Jamar Chase. He's good. Okay, caught like nine passes last game. Dude, dude is obviously a top five pick for a reason. Uh, and then in addition, they got um, Tyler Boyd, who's uh, no punk. Okay, so you're gonna have three good wide receivers again. Our secondary is gonna need to step up. I really want to see the redemption game out of Eddie Jackson. You're paid as a top. Uh, safety you need to start come up and make some plays brother you disappeared last year um i think the bears should be able to get this win uh we need to play disciplined football and i really would like to see a little bit more um if we're running successfully feed david montgomery the guy averaged 6.8 6.8 um yards per carry listen me if i'm the head coach i don't want to see that that means I didn't give him the ball enough because you weren't moving down. You were in the red zone. We didn't score enough points. Feed him the rock. Okay, keep giving him the ball. I know. Our offensive line was so bad, they were just daring us, daring us to run. Once you were past the first four, boom, he had five to ten yards to just run. And listen, one thing about Jalen Ramsey, and if you watch that game clearly, and I want to just point this out. That boy was smoking people, right? He was just going up, blasting people in the first quarter, the second quarter. Well, guess what? That third quarter came around, that fourth quarter, when he had to start tackling. Okay, he wasn't slamming guys. Cole Komet, he didn't slam him. He had to hold him up. He couldn't tackle him by himself. And what I mean is David Montgomery runs like you owe him money. He's trying to bust your face. You don't like to get hit multiple times. Multi if it keeps coming, listen, one or two times, cool. After about 10 times, you don't want no more smoke. No one does. Very few people out there. And probably those people are Navy SEALs. So I would just say keep running the ball, breaking down the defense, especially a team that's better than you. You want to do ball control, things of that nature. So that would be my two cents. But overall, I, I will tell you, I give Nagy a, a B because of the play calling. I love how he implemented fields. It's the first game. And we're dealing with a you know offensive line that's got multiple injuries, and you know Ryan Pace drafted a kid with a bad bad back. Hopefully he recovers. We don't have another Chris Williams situation. If you want to Google that, uh, feel free. Chris Williams was drafted, and that guy had injuries. Uh, that's why everyone passed on him, and then he absolutely sucked for the Bears because of injuries, not because he wasn't a good player. But anyway, uh, I think Matt Nagy needs to prove to me that he's a full head coach, not just a offensive play caller because I can't even call him a guru because we don't score enough points. But ladies and gentlemen, we should beat the Cincinnati Bengals. We should whip their ass at home. Be one and one. Get it going. Bear down. Let's go. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, I'm back. I apologize. I disappeared for a few weeks. I was uh, emotionally, physically, and any other thing you can attribute that you would have in the sense of
depression of watching the Chicago Bears get absolutely smoked by Cleveland in a game I actually thought they would win. So had to take some weeks off, you know, get some sleep apparently, maybe check my brain, whatnot. But let's not talk about the Cleveland game. There's obviously a couple crimes committed during that game um, to Justin Fields. He was abused, and I apologize to him and his body. Uh, Miles Garrett, they're kind of rude, just saying. But anyways, let's get let's focus on I'll focus on a little bit about the Chicago Bears. Obviously, I'm also going to focus on um, a little bit of what the future holds, right? And what we should what I think would help the organization moving forward because of where they're going and what I'm seeing. Okay. First and foremost, let's talk a little bit about the game against the Packers. I own you. I own you. Aaron Rodgers was 100% correct. I know we didn't want to hear it, but what do you want to say to a guy that has an 81.5% winning percentage against you? 22-5. and Now just step back and think of this. If you did anything with a success rate of 81%, You'd probably be in the 1% of your organization that you work at, uh, whatever sport that you played, whatever you possibly did, you did over 80%. Even if you parented 80% of the time, you were awesome at it. Your kids are going to come out pretty well, right? So, you know what, Aaron Rodgers, I know we're pissed off. The only way you can't get mad at the guy when he's consistently kicking your ass and consistently performing at a high level when you're playing him. You got the only way to do it is to shut them up and play them. So you got another opportunity, December 12th at Green Bay. Maybe it'll be a little cold. You know what? If the defense isn't fired up by then about what he said and just really taunting them, right? Then I don't know what to tell them. Now, I don't know if all those guys in defense will still be on the team then. To be very honest with you, I'm going to talk a little bit about that. I hope not, actually. But nevertheless, okay? Um, you know, the one thing is that I, I think is that you got to keep in mind, Aaron Rodgers saying that, the entire NFL was talking about it. One other thing is that you remember in the Super Bowl is when Tyreek Hill would always, during the year, he would score a long touchdown. He would give the peace sign to whoever's running behind him. And if you remember the Super Bowl against Tampa Bay, one of the Tampa Bay defenders knocked him down, defended a pass, and then gave him that peace sign. So just keep that in mind for when the Packers probably win the division, I would imagine, right? Being pretty educated guests. And when they go and play in the playoffs. I honestly do believe that the saga is not going to necessarily be only on December 12th. But I think it's going to be for Green Bay this year. Especially if people keep talking about it. I could see that coming back and haunting uh, Aaron Rodgers when someone sacks him in a huge game in the playoffs. And they're like, I own you. That's just going to be something that you, you want to keep an eye on, okay? At least that's what I'm hoping for, to be honest with you. Um, but some of the takeaways, right? We obviously lost 24-20, or 24, I wish it was 24-20, 24-14. But one of the good things is we played uh, before the week started. Damian Williams was, uh, you know, had COVID, and so he couldn't play. We played Herbert. And the cool thing about playing Herbert is he's been the leading scorer, uh, leading rusher for the last two weeks. So he had against Vegas, he had 75 yards, he had 97 yards, and he looked, he looked good. He looked better than Damian Williams. He looked like, wow, we might have gotten a steal. This guy is, uh, you know, pretty exciting. Another thing is that you want to keep in mind. I want everyone. Not only did you know the kid play well um, the last two games. Uh, 
but that we just announced today, this morning, that the Bears have signed um, Chris Thompson uh, to their uh, to their pr- practice squad. So why what why does that have any relevance? Well, two things, right? Is David Montgomery a little bit more beat up than we anticipate? Why are we signing another RB? Okay. Um, another thing is Tyreek Cohen probably not coming back this year, and if he does, very limited, right? I mean, we're we're getting a guy that's going to play a third down back. Now, David Montgomery is an every down back, and with uh, Herbert playing well, it's like, and we're getting Williams back. Why are we going out and signing, you know, another running back to the practice, um, especially a veteran, right? You know, Chris Thompson is not coming on the squad just to sit on the practice team for a very long time, I don't think. So um, the only other thing I could think about is uh, Grant looked like he got beat up. If you guys know who I'm talking about, Grant is the punt returner and kickoff returner. He looked like he got kind of hit up um, a little bit or banged up a little bit. So maybe we're getting, you know, we signed him to return punts and kicks on special teams. That that could also be an option. But nevertheless, I don't think it looks good for Tyree Cohen coming this year. And I think he'll be probably might have seen his last game as a bear, unfortunately. Um, I think, especially if you are recovering for almost two years off of ACL, that's not good, and you're supposed to be a speedster. Um, I hope he gets well soon. I mean, he, you know, he was a guy that was drafted uh, late, outperformed his draft uh, position, and then, you know, Ryan Pace does what Ryan Pace does and overpays someone that's hasn't been good in the last year and a half before that. Um, but now we're playing. Uh, we're playing Tampa Bay. Uh, so I'll just move forward to this next game. Um, if you remember, and you should remember, all great players remember things that they've done a shitty job at. And what I mean by that is if you were all Chicago fans here, Michael Jordan, at his Hall of Fame speech, he was still mad he got cut his freshman year from the varsity squad. Okay, so the one thing is you want to keep in mind, Tom Brady yelled four when it was already fourth down last year, very embarrassing. Everyone was saying he was over the hill. You know, Big Ben, the clock had caught up to Tom Brady, and he's just reeled off wins after wins and won a Super Bowl last year. But I think as a competitor, Tom remembers that loss, remembers that embarrassment. And so I honestly do believe that the Bears are going to suffer because of that, just because of the competitor that Tom Brady is and kind of doesn't forget anything. And it had nothing to do with the Bears, actually. We played a good game. We won a team that was supposed to beat us in Tampa Bay, um, helped us get in the playoffs. It actually, that game actually did get us in the playoffs, I believe, on a tiebreaker. So it worked out well. But the one thing is you got to realize is Tom Brady doesn't forget a lot. In addition, um, we're playing in Tampa. And then the last other thing is, in, if you follow this trend, um, I'll I'll tell you this, Tampa Bay has three wide receivers, Mike Evans, Chris Godwin, and Antonio Brown, and they all have 100 more yards than than, uh, Mooney. So Mooney's our leading wide receiver at like 300-some yards. Every one of their wide receivers have 400 or more. So why is that important? One of the biggest weaknesses I pointed out is our secondary, who's actually played very well uh, as of recent games. But the, the crappy part for the Bears is Mike Evans. This is a Mike Evans game. I think he'll be targeted 10 times. Um, I think he's going to obviously have a height advantage. Um, 
not in any corner throughout the whole league, but he didn't really do anything last game. Um, Mike Evans had two catches for 27 yards. And if you're following that and you're following Chris Godwin, didn't really have a good game either. He had five for 43. Um, but those, those two guys are going to have a coming out party. That's what Tom Brady does. He keeps everyone involved. He has to feed uh, Mike Evans. So if you look at Mike Evans, and I'm just trying to preview this uh, Tampa Bay game so everyone kind of knows. So when we watch this game on Sunday, we're like, wow, Mike Evans didn't really do anything. He's getting heavily targeted. Um, Mike Evans has historically is getting like, you know, nine targets, 10 targets, 12 targets, eight targets, and then four, right? He didn't really, uh, you know, one thing is that Mike Evans has a streak of over a thousand yards. He has 420 receiving yards already this year. Um, but you know, every other game seems like he's going to have a hundred yards, right? Week one against Atlanta, he had 75. The next week, he had 106. Then he had 75 against New England. Then he had 113 against Miami. He had 27 yards. He's coming off his worst game against Philly last week. One thing is, Mike Evans wants to get fed. He's not going to go two games and be frustrated. So that's something that we got to keep in mind and or keep our mind on and and really focus on that. Plus, you got Antonio Brown, uh, who's just having a coming out party. I mean, he looks fast. He just, he looks like Antonio Brown, simple facts. I mean, the guy was suspended, came back. And then Chris Godwin, Chris Godwin's kind of having, you know, not, not the greatest year. He's on the franchise tag. Remember we have Allen Robinson on the franchise tag. These guys are being paid close to $20 million this year. You're going to feed them, right? Um, Chris Godwin only has one. Uh, he has actually, I guess, two touchdowns this year. I'm only actually, but one of them was, uh, had to be an off play. I only see him really, um, it had to been like a running play. He only had um, one receiving touchdown this year. So what I'm trying to tell you is that the wide receivers on Tampa Bay are hungry and need to get fed. We're going against Tom Brady in kind of a revenge game. Um, they're going to feed him. So really what we're going to have to do is what every other team hasn't done and kind of control the clock, which has been a gigantic weakness for the Bears. Huge. But one thing is that's good. I just pointed out some good things about Tampa Bay. They have no cornerbacks. So this is an Allen Robinson game. It's a Daryl Mooney game. These are guys, this is, man, Cole Komet. Cole Komet might have a little bit of trouble because they do have some good linebackers in Tampa, but maybe you let you step him out and he goes against the third corner, fourth corner. Um, but this should be the coming out party of Justin Fields. I mean, I, I think that Justin Fields... Personally, this is the game. If he's going to have a you know huge stats game, this is it. Uh, and I'll just give you a little bit of this. He's only thrown for over 200 yards once. And I know you could break that down. I'm just trying to tell you is this, is let's air it out. Let's open up the playbook. And I know we're going to knock our heads against the wall and say, Tim, that hasn't been Nagy. Nagy doesn't do that. Bill Lazor, I don't know if he's calling half the plays. They haven't done that. But listen, you're not going to be able to run the ball that great against Tampa. You need to control the clock in some shape or form. And one thing you should do is focus on Tampa's corners and their secondary. I mean, they're literally guys off the street that have to play. I mean, Richard Sherman, a couple weeks back, if you watch primetime football, he had to play. He wasn't even working out with the team two days prior. They threw him out there. It wasn't in game shape. Yeah, did he get abused? Yeah, but I got to give the guy credit. He went out there. No training camp, no, I mean, he was probably light working out, right? It's hard to work out when you're doing it on your own. So we have to air it out. 
okay? Um, and, and this is the game, right? This is literally, I believe, the game that Matt Nagy either keeps his job this year or gets fired. And he's probably getting fired anyway, but hear me out. You have a huge game. You upset this. You go four and three. Now, you're going to need to play out of your mind to upset Tampa, but it's a possibility. If you control the clock a little bit and don't have our defense, you know, um, you know, sitting uh, or playing every single play, it seems, you know, we could be, we could be, uh, you know, okay here. Also, I want to just point out one thing that I just kind of threw up in my mouth, okay? Um, two teams in the entire NFL have given up less than 100 points, okay? So the norm is, and one of those teams is the New Orleans Saints that hasn't even played six games. They had a bye last week, so they kind of don't even count. So really every single team in the entire NFL outside of the Buffalo Bills have given up over 100 points, okay? And quite a few, right? Even the Cardinals have given up 109 points. Now, why, Tim, is that even relevant? Where are you going at with this? The Bears, as an org, as a team, have scored 98 points. 98 points. You want to know where that ranks in the NFL? Well, first of all, let's just go to the NFC. Dead last. Not one team it has 98 points. And the Bears have played six games, okay? Teams like um, the Falcons, they only played five. The Saints, they only played five. You're getting the gist. This shit is incredible. You're supposed to – Matt Nagy, if I'm just – the if uh, – if ownership could even look at numbers, these are pretty basic numbers. There's one, points for, points against. Simple facts. Anyone can read it. Hell, I'm reading it, right? There's only one other team, and they did not – I mean, there's two other teams. One other team that played six games, the Miami Dolphins. The Miami Dolphins were playing with their backup quarterback. The Miami Dolphins are terrible. Um, they're also played against in probably a, a very tough division. I mean, they had to play the, the Bills. Um and we won't even get into that of who's playing what and whatnot. But listen, you got one other team, okay? Actually, there's two. I lied. You got the Texans. So you got the Texans, the Dolphins, and you could. And someone's going to point out the Jets, right? The Jets only played five games. They got 67. But if you're associated with, let me just tell you these three teams, the Jets, the Dolphins, and the Texans, if you're associated with them, probably not good, right? We could all pretty much say that's probably not good. Okay. So... You're going to have to play outside your mind to keep this close against Tampa. I went over that. I wanted to point out those numbers I just went over because the next thing I'm about to say what the Bears should be doing, uh, a lot of people might disagree with or a lot of people might, you know, throw a hissy fit or, you know, might get a little excited. But listen, you have to be a realist and you should always look forward, right? And what I mean by that is you have to be able to, you know, understand like, hey, are we a Super Bowl contending team? No, we all we established that when I did the first the kickoff show, um, when I did the kickoff show this year about the preview with uh, my man Dave, I thought the Bears would be three and three right now. Okay, so that's where we're at. Do I think the offense is worse than it than than I initially thought? Yes. Do I think that Nagy's done some horrific things, especially in the Cleveland game, that probably should have just got him fired then? Yes. But whatever, it is what it is. You're three and three mediocre okay um and now we go into the to the area of of the uh schedule that i kind of it's make or break 
at this point, right? You're playing Tampa. I'm going to be a realist here. If 60% of the public think you're going to lose, I'm going to count this as an L. I want you to pay attention. Tampa, probably going to lose that game. San Francisco's a coin flip. Um, it's at home. I think we could win it, right? So now we're at four and four. Pittsburgh looks like dog manure, okay? Try not to curse too much here. But they look like dog manure. Ben Roethlisberger's what everyone thought Tom Brady would be, um, 800 pounds. But that's why, ladies and gentlemen, eat your vegetables, take care of your body, and your body will look like Tom Brady when you're 50 and maybe not like Big Ben at 50. I'm just saying. If you don't believe me, you look at those two guys, see where they're looking at. I mean, I think Tom is a, a couple years older than Big Ben, and Big Ben looks like he's been through the ringer. Um, so I, I don't know. That's a coin flip. We'll just say we're playing at Pittsburgh. It's a coin flip. I'll say we're going to lose that. Okay, then we play Baltimore. Definitely losing that game. Um, but here's the deal. I just want to go over those three games because there's the next three three games. But one of them, we, we can't even get to the Pittsburgh game. Huge day is November 2nd, okay? November 2nd is the trade deadline. If the Bears lose to Tampa, which they probably will, and if they lose to San Francisco at home, okay, they're going to be 3-5, and five, and then you've got to still play Pittsburgh, and then you got to play Baltimore, and you still have Arizona, Green Bay, Seattle with Russ back on your, on your schedule. Now, I can see the ego saying, well, hey, we still got Detroit. We could win that game. You know, what if we beat Green Bay? We've got Minnesota twice. We got the New York Giants. You know, we can get to that, you know, eight and nine record, nine and eight, and maybe make the playoffs. I hope the Bears don't think that way because that's what we did last year. And then we got our ass kicked by the Saints. So, what the Bears need to do is, and I know a lot of people are going to cry, but here's the deal. We have Allen Robinson not going to resign with us. Okay, it's pretty clear. His agent, even um, multiple former teammates, have said things on, on social media like "free my man, free my man," all that other stuff. Okay, the guy's getting a franchise tag. You're the highest paid at your position. Um, you know what? And, and I'm sorry that you have to play with Justin Fields, who's just literally, uh, you know, getting his feet under him. But here's the thing: teams that can that, that can make a uh, you know little push in the playoffs that have first round picks or that might need a number two wide receiver. Now don't throw up in your mouth when I say a couple of these teams, but here's what you want to do. You want to build for the future. We got Hicks. He's not coming back. Hakeem Nicks, Hicks is not coming back. Okay, he's not. We also have Allen Robinson not coming back. Now, the best player on our defense this year, Robert Quinn. Robert Quinn kind of has an out, but he's played at a high level. Good pass rusher. I don't know what other execs across the board think of what he's doing, but those three guys, and then also the old man himself, Jimmy Graham. Okay, why I bring them up, the kind of assets that are on – on quick contracts that could be able to utilize for other teams. Okay. You have to build for the future. If you lose those two games, you're three and five. The likelihood of you making the playoffs is slim to none. The likelihood of you winning one playoff game is probably less than 5% because you're going to have to face someone crazy good. So here's what we're going to do. I'm going to point out a couple teams that you might have to play. Okay. Here's one of them. 
you got or teams that we could trade like Allen Robinson and Hicks to. I'll go with Allen Robinson first. I'm going to start with the AFC. I would say you could probably trade him to the Packers. Now, throw up in your mouth. But who's their number two wide receiver? You can't name them because they don't have one. But you can get a first-round pick. You're not beating the Packers anyways. You clearly aren't going to beat the Packers. And I know people don't want to say that. I'm not trying to beat up on the Bears. I'm trying to get us so next year and years after that, we have a future. And we, we are building assets around our team. I just, you know... What's the point of being 500 if nothing happens? We don't have a first-round pick. We have to get assets back. Now, people are like, well, what could you get back for Allen Robinson? I honestly think because they're all or nothing this year, I think you get a first-round pick from them. And why I'm saying that is because Mohamed Sanu got traded to Bill Belichick two years ago for a second-round pick. I don't even know if that was last year or the year before. You can get a... First round pick, I think, for him. I think you can. The Packers are all in. All their chips are in the middle. Hey, Aaron, we're going to give you Allen Robinson. Here's your last hurrah. And then they get rid of him. Now, that would be one of the teams, I think. Okay? The other team, I think, is the Panthers. Now, the Panthers, you might ask, listen, Robbie Anderson isn't panning out. He's clearly not. The Panthers are in, like, win-now mode. Okay? And... I don't know what kind of picks they actually have, but they're in the win now mode. They made some change that made some trades. Um, you know what? And they're trying to you know make moves, right? Also, another team. I, I don't know what the you know what the cap space looks like, but I would I would keep an eye on the Cardinals. Make a call there too. Um, so you, you make a call there. Another team that might be all in it, right? You have the Colts. Now, you might ask yourself, why are you bringing up the Colts, Tim? Well, I think the Colts are kind of in prime position. I think, one, the quarterback's finally healthy. He had two busted-ass ankles, Carson Wentz. Now, they've just, you know, won one. They're two and four. I think they have the defense, and they play against, in the same division as the Texans and the Jags. Those are easy four wins, Okay. Um, I think you can make that move. I think that would be a prime opportunity for the Colts, maybe. I don't know if they have any first-round picks. Again, the Colts have done a lot of trading with their assets, but something to keep in mind, okay? Here's another team. Now that John Gruden's out of the mix, and we don't have to get into that, I don't have enough time, I don't care. Um, you know, the Raiders think they're pretty good. The Raiders think they can make moves. So, um, you know, the Raiders are 4-2. and two. They're playing against the Chargers, which is a high-volume offense. Um, but also, one thing, as I pointed out, that the Chargers are 4-2. A little bit overrated. They scored 148 points, but they gave up 150. You never want to see that, okay? Championship teams don't have that type of trait. Usually, the team that wins the Super Bowl has the best defense out of the two teams facing off. Chargers defense, not great. Um, so... The Raiders, they want to go high-powered, go against them. I don't know. Who else is on this squad, right? Brian Edwards. I don't know if he's a real number two. Obviously, you're getting Allen Robinson. Can you get a first-round pick from the Raiders? Something to keep in mind. The Raiders are 4-2. and two. Um, I think they think they're in the mix. So that would be something to keep in mind in. 
keep a mind on. And then also I, I would say this. Don't don't underestimate the, the Patriots and Bill Belichick. They paid Nelson Aguilar money. I don't know if you watch the game. The guy can't catch, okay? Um, they can't. They don't really have a true number one out there. I mean, it's Jacoby Myers. The guy has like 60 catches and no touchdowns, okay, or whatever it is. He doesn't have 60 touch catches, but you get the gist. No one in the world is scared of Jacoby Myers. That guy falls at the one-yard line accidentally from like ghosts and things of that nature. Allen Robinson would give a nice new toy to Mac Jones. Why I would say that is because I could see Bill Belichick's ego, um, you know, kind of getting in, the, not not getting in the way, but like, hey, I think we can make a, you know, a wild card run here, and you never know what could happen. Okay, so that's something to keep in mind. Um, and then the only other team I, I was thinking of, which is going to sound a little bit bizarre to some, I don't think it's bizarre at all, is actually two teams: the Kansas City Chiefs. Who's their number two? Who's their number two that's scaring them? Hardman, he's not scaring anyone. Listen, he's kind of more of a flyer. Well, they got Josh Gordon, Tim. They just signed him. Yes, he was playing with, like, flag football a year and a half ago because he was suspended, okay? Is he a freak? Yes. But stop thinking he's good when he played with Russ, Russell Wilson and he wasn't that great, you know, with him. Um, and he hasn't played organized football in quite some time for multiple games. Like when's the last time he played a half season that he actually played and he was input. He had zero catches and zero targets last week for KC. Oh, he's just getting to learn the offense. Well, good. But Allen Robinson and the Chiefs now, listen, you, you get like, I don't even know what you get. I, I actually don't believe they have a first round. So you try to get an asset or two from them. Hey, how, how, what other picks can you get from them? Can you get a future first round? Literally what you're trying to do is you're, you're trying to gather assets draft capital or players that could be part of the future instead of just having Allen Robinson walk out of the walk out of uh, Hallis after your whatever if you're seven and ten shit even if you're nine and eight and you haven't had anything to accomplish right if you don't win a playoff game there's no reason the only reason I would say hey cool would make the playoffs if we could is to get Justin Fields in a playoff atmosphere to get him to get a feeler on how that type of game feels. That would be the only thing. Now, Hicks. Hicks, same concept. Can he go to the Chiefs? You know what? Their defense is terrible. They need to get better. How do you get more better? Get more pressure on the quarterback. He's played very well. Could a team like the Bills, they have a good defense, but could they even upgrade, kind of have situational where Hicks is in there, right? Or a Robert Quinn. More the merrier. In addition, both of those guys for the Raiders. I say the Raiders because, you know what? Listen, they got to stop Justin Herbert on the other end. Can they upgrade even more on their defense? Okay. Uh, another team that could possibly think they're in the mix or are in the mix on a defensive side of the ball. The Bengals. Could the Bengals ask for Robert Quinn or Hicks? These are things you got to be looking into. Same thing. The Titans defense sucks. Would the Titans want to you know, go after Hicks or Robert Quinn. And the reason why I hand them out and people will say, why don't you point out Khalil Mack? Khalil Mack has, you know, a contract that's kind of tough to worry about. I'm not a salary cap expert by any means. But things are these are things that you want to do, right? I'm trying to tell you realistic spots that you can maybe trade these guys to. Um, so, again, I mean, I think you can, you can move Hicks. And the whole reason... 
I'm trying to tell you. I'm coughing and dying there. Hold on, ladies and gentlemen. Don't want to don't want to die on the mic. Jeez. The only reason I'm I'm trying to figure out uh, you know assets, things of that nature, is because I wanna I wanna see if we can be able to help and get this team going forward. The other other team is for Allen Robinson that would be a wild card, but wouldn't be surprising is Kyle Shanahan and the 49ers. They play in a very tough division. Um, you know, what what Kyle Shanahan might think of is, well, hey, we haven't really had our entire team. Uh, you know, the team's been kind of banged up with Jimmy G and, and Lance is too young. So could they possibly look at maybe, uh, you know, trading for uh, – Allen Robinson, I don't know. Could be a possibility. <coughs> Excuse me. So, and then Jimmy G. I brought up Jimmy G. I don't know who would want Jimmy G. I mean, you'd have to go around, but he's a contract that you could you could even put in the mix. I mean, do a two-for-one. I don't care. I know the NFL doesn't trade. This isn't Madden. This isn't the NBA where guys are getting traded at the deadline. But you got to kind of start to think. You, you got to start to position yourself and – Position yourself, you could be successful. So my whole thing is this. I hope we have a clear, I you know, I hope we go 2-0. and We're 5-3. and And then we're really kind of in the opposite side where, hey, we might make a deep run. Or not a deep run. Don't get me wrong. We might make a playoff run. I just, last year, I wanted what, what the Bears did, make the playoffs. And when you make the playoffs, you have a chance. You have a chance. And that's all I want is to have a chance. Well, guess what? That, that killed us. That kept Nagy around. That kept Ryan Pace around. Um, and then we have to listen to last week. I own you. I own you. Uh, I don't know. I don't. I'm not even a Bears player. That would piss me off. But you know what? You're 22 and five, I guess, Aaron. You can say what you want, apparently. Um, but that's what I would like to see. Now, I also wanted to, uh, you know, touch on one other thing. I think is is going to be funny. You got only one more game probably against Aaron Rodgers. Um, I think there's going to be a lot of moving parts this year in the uh, in the NFL. I thought Matt Nagy was definitely getting fired first. I actually think it could be Pete Carroll is going to get fired. Obviously, Gruden got fired. Um, the other thing is is like Urban Meyer. I don't know how he. I mean, he has a job. They won a game. But the Texans coach, horrible. I actually think Matt Nagy is a better coach than him. And then I don't know if you guys have watched an Eagles game. But listen, you have to set your players up for success. That was the whole thing, what what Nagy does not do, obviously, clearly with, with Justin Fields. But the coach for the Eagles is awful. That team should be a lot better. Kind of playing a weak division. They're playing against Washington and the Giants. The Washingtons are kind of scrappy. No, they're they're playing with Ty Heineke. Unless you have him in fantasy football, in real life he sucks. But in fantasy football, and where most people are looking at, he's pretty good. Yeah, he puts up points for you, but he's not. I mean, they scored you know 136 points. Shout out to them. It's more than us. Um, but I mean, I'm trying to think about the future, ladies and gentlemen. Obviously, I took a little bit of time. I'm gonna get this back to you know weekly or by you know definitely maybe twice. Twice this week, so I kind of want to talk a little bit about the NBA. But that's 30 minutes of, of pure Bears talk. Um, the future's bright, man. We have a quarterback that I think is getting better each and every game. Listen, if you expected the Bears to win the Super Bowl, 
this year. Um, I hate to break it to you. You're incorrect. However, listen, Justin Fields playing a lot earlier. His offensive line can't get worse, and his wide receivers can't get less open. So there's a lot of upside here. So let's keep it moving. Everybody, ladies and gentlemen, have a phenomenal week. Can we surprise the Tampa Bay Bucks again? I doubt it. But, hey, you know what I say? There's a chance. Now let's go. Bear down, baby.